Welcome to the Penny and Pops podcast. He's Spencer Penny Strode. I'm Adam Pops Papa Giorgio. The games start counting now. The Magic finished 1-3 in their preseason campaign thanks to Jeff Dowden Jr. winner in our final exhibition contest. Wendell Carter Jr. got a four-year, $50 million, 5-0, not 15, 5-0 contract extension, which seems like awesome value from a Magic perspective, especially with some of the other... Uh, 2018 draft class deals that got signed with Chumo Kiki, Markel Fultz, and Jonathan Isaac not on the court yet. Is the tanking plan already in play? Could this 2021-2022 Orlando Magic team finish with its worst record in franchise history? We're bringing back Juice It or Lose It to get some predictions in. Let's go! Penny so uh preseason's done we're ready to do some real stuff here we went one and three in the preseason we should have won that first game in Boston uh but we, we kind of just gave it gave that up and then we had like a convincing loss and a second half collapse in New Orleans Jalen Suggs fumbled literally a chance to win the Spurs game at home which was the third of, of four contests and then Jeff Down Jr. thankfully who is now with Golden State on a two-way deal uh, Jeff Dowden Jr. saved us with a very impressive jumper to right before the buzzer, about 0.2 seconds left to to beat Boston uh, in that in that final home game. And thankfully, we got a win because uh, I did not want to go into the regular season winless. And I know it's the exhibition season, and most people say it doesn't matter. But for a team this young, I I think at least having one win kind of matters from a confidence perspective. I don't know if you agree or disagree on that, Benny. Um, it's, I think, yeah, even though it's the exhibition season with a new coach and, um, you know, new philosophy and everything else, uh, even a preseason win accounts for some buy-in, you know? Absolutely. So, um, we're going to get to juice it or lose it predictions in a bit, but I do want to kind of go over the roster and kind of what our impressions are going into the season. So the magic roster stands at 16. Uh, we got rid of a lot of guys, um, which we'll get to in a bit, but our, we only have one two-way per two-way contract, which is uh, Iggy Brzezakis. So we actually have a, a two-way spot open. Uh, and then from the magic depth chart perspective with the other 15 guys, again, people can, can tell me different things whenever this, this is what I have for a depth chart. I'm not going to ask you about it, Penny, but I got Wendell Carter, Jr. Mo Bamba and Robin Lopez at center. I got Jonathan Isaac, Chumo Kiki, Mo Wagner, Franz Wagner, power forward. I got Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, Michael Carter Williams at small forward, Jalen Suggs, Terrence Ross, Etwan Moore at shooting guard. And at the point guard spot, I got Markel Fultz and Cole Anthony, uh, we're going to have a lot of uh, guys not available for this first Spurs game uh, tomorrow or Wednesday. So recording this uh, Tuesday evening, October 19th, the NBA season does kick off, but the match don't play till tomorrow in San Antonio at eight 30 uh, Eastern time on the road. So, uh, you know, it, it, so if you're listening to this, you'll probably listen to this on game day, hopefully, but uh, from a magic depth perspective, that's what I got. So, okay. 
I'm going to go over the four lineups, the four starting lineups that Jamal Mosley had for us this preseason. I'm going to, and I want you to, to guess which of these starting lineups you think it's most likely that the magic will start against San Antonio. So at first game at Boston, we had Suggs, Gary Harris, Ross, Franz, Franz Wagner, and then Wendell. And then the second game in New Orleans, we started Cole Anthony, Etwan, Gary Harris. Well, Etwan Moore can't play because he's he's got a bum knee, so he's out actually. So uh, Mo Wagner and uh, and Mo Bamba. So that second one's already out of the picture because Etwan's not available due to a sprained knee. Uh, and then we got Suggs, Gary Harris, Terrence Ross, Wendell, and then Mo Bamba. And then for the final game against Boston, we had Cole. Gary Harris, Franz Wagner, Wendell, and Mo Bamba. Which of, I guess, the three do you think it's it's going to be that starts uh, Wednesday in in San Antonio? Is is Mosley going for the uh, for the Wendell Bamba front court? Yeah, I think everything points in that direction. Um, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. I, I, if he does that, that effectively kind of takes any meaningful Robin Lopez minutes out of the equation because then you're, you know, you're going to sub out one early and they'll become the backup five. But uh, I I think Jalen Suggs is going to be the starter. I think it'll be Suggs, Harris, Ross, and young twin towers. Uh, Do you feel differently? So you think it's going to, it's going to be that, uh, that, that lineup we saw against the Spurs. Um, and Man. I don't love Ross starting. No, no. We'll we'll talk about that as we go through each player, and we'll we'll bring up some preseason stats because some of them are, are actually pretty interesting. But I do think, I mean, he started Wendell and Mo, you know, for these last two games. We saw a lot of it during the preseason. It looks like he's leaning that way because we don't have Chuma or Isaac, and I I, I don't I wouldn't start Franz at all. Uh, so I think by default. They're going to go with Terrence Ross starting, surprisingly. I, I don't want Ross starting. We'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. I'd rather R.J. Hampton start, or I'd rather have it where it's Cole, Suggs, and Gary Harris starting, and then you would have, I guess, Wendell and, and, and Mo. But um, I think I'm with you. I, I think it's going to be Suggs, Harris, and Ross, and then with the Twin Towers. I We'll, we'll go into it now, but uh well actually no so we're missing four key guys i mean uh, you know etwan moore's out so as well but i mean in reality you know we're missing chumo kiki jonathan isaac mark hill fultz and michael carter williams is is a key guy and you know we're missing those guys but how long do you think each of these guys is going to be out for just just a a guesstimate based off of what we've heard either through you know through what Wilhelm had said through what players have said because I mean it's not it's not much and it's pretty disappointing in that regard uh that we haven't gotten much more detailed information which is why this seems to be a tanking season even though they don't want to come out and say it because they got to sell tickets and and whatnot but uh what 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 do you think for for so let's start with Chuma because Chuma's out with that that uh, right bruised hip right? and he's been practicing. It seems like he's not limited. So I'm going to be really surprised if he's not back by the end of this month. Do you think he's going to be back within, within that time frame? You think it's going to be longer? Yeah. I, I, um, I guess I'm surprised that he's not ready to go for opening night based on, 
um, you know, visually what you see in terms of him being uh, what looks to be almost a full participant in everything during um, training camp and, you know, preseason practice stuff. So I, I would hope for his development purposes that he's not sidelined until November and should be back shortly. Yeah, I honestly, I think he could easily be coming off the bench tomorrow night. Like I I could easily see that there's no reason health from a health perspective. I mean, conditioning wise from the clips I'd seen, he, he looked fine, but I mean, they don't, they don't show crazy stuff with practice or any of that. So maybe like within a week, Uh, if we get past a week, I, I, I'm immediately thinking tank. So, um, all right, I'm going to lump Isaac and Fultz together. So Isaac has been out for, what are we at? 14 months now since since August, the last year in the bubble where he, he had this ACL injury, which the magic say is not related to his other knee injury that happened in January, 2020. Okay. Um, I'll take your word for it, but, um, Isaac's been out for 14 months and then Fultz is have been out since January, uh, you know, with his, with his knee tear. And, uh, I, it looks to me that Fultz might actually come back before Isaac, but Isaac in, some of his in- interviews, which hopefully no one's hearing some of those interviews, but um, <laughs> Isaac says that he's, he's kind of, he, he seems to be ready to go now, which uh, I'm sure the magic didn't want him saying that, but uh, you know, Isaac, I- I'll be surprised. I don't want him saying, right? I, I, yeah. I'll be surprised if Isaac and Fultz aren't both back by, by Thanksgiving, but by late, mid-November I'll be I'll be disappointed if if neither of them are back there's some people that think it's going to be towards the all-star break for for Fultz or even Isaac there's some that say you know after the new year but if it's both these guys seem fine and it's been more than the prerequisite amount of time for these type of injuries based off of past uh returns based off of past injury histories and both these guys are young enough and they just need to get on the court at this point. That's that's my viewpoint. And if you want to limit them to where they're playing, you know, one game sending another, cool. But they got to be on the court. And I know the Magic are saving like $2 million if Isaac doesn't play over 70 games. That's fine. You get you get to that point if he doesn't play by Thanksgiving anyway. So um, what do you think, Penny? Because I, I, if, if neither of these guys are back by Thanksgiving, I, I'm concerned from a fan perspective. I, well, like to your point, I think everything that's come out publicly has placed Markel ahead of Jonathan Isaac, um, you know, even though his injury occurred months later. Yeah. So I, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see either of them until after Thanksgiving, pushing to December uh, um, yeah. with, you know, obviously the front office's history on um extended uh rehab um and not skipping any of those steps but yeah that's look they they need to get on the court everyone needs to get on the court together so that you can actually start to assess um you know what this group is going to be and what the individuals are going to be or what they can be so uh, time is of the essence in that regard and even if it has to be um you know sitting on on back-to-backs or whatever uh you obviously like to see them in the lineup regardless of whether or not the the primary goal is to win games this year yeah um yeah we'll we'll see because because Hammond came out 
during the offseason with that interview. I think plays before Isaac. Do you? I think Fultz plays before Isaac too. Like I, I hope so. Cause I, I'm not going to be, we're not going to be thrilled watching Suggs starting at point guard. I don't think. And the sooner Fultz gets back and, and, and is starting again, the, the, the better in my eyes. Now, most people have already wanted to cast Fultz aside and, and then fully embrace Suggs having the ball in his hand. And I am not on board with that, but, um, and then we'll Michael Carter Williams, in August, he underwent surgery to remove a bone, a bone fragment and to repair a ligament in his left ankle. I, I don't know if we'll see him this season. I, if we see him, I think it won't be till like at least after the all-star break, like I'm thinking March at the earliest. Um, that's, that's tough because that's a veteran that he's already got, he's, he's got already a, a, a long tenure by magic standard, by current magic standards. And he's a vet that, that brings it every night. And He's, I mean, he also fills positional needs full, you know, uh, MCW can play three positions, basically, you know, he bulked up to try and play some small forward. We kind of have a, a position depth issue at small forward at the moment, technically, but um, I, I'd be surprised we see him before March. What do you think? Yeah, I, I'm with you there. And uh, again, we've, <laughs> He does bring it every night. We're not certain what he's going to bring every night, but very true. That's this you is would true. But him being around the team, you know, uh, obviously as a player, you, um, you know, you have a little bit more respect when you're on the court doing it, regardless of if what you're saying makes sense and is good. That's why, you know, Miami keeps Udonis Haslam on the roster. Um, so. For in terms of veteran leadership, obviously he's participating in the locker room, but it's nice to be able to do it on the court to get your point across too. All right, let's go down. Let's go through some of these players, and then we'll get to the, to juice it or lose it. But um, I'll bring up some stats from their preseason as well, and just some some notes and stuff that I've seen from the preseason. So I'm gonna start with Wendell Carter Jr. because uh, you know in the preseason he played all four games he averaged he led the magic in scoring and in rebounds per game at 12 and a half points per game and eight and a eight point eight rebounds per contest got a block a game even two assists shot 64 percent from the field he hit 44.4 percent on his three pointers at 2.2 attempts per game so that three pointer is coming along and I'm, I, I like what I see but most importantly you know he he was the seventh pick in the 2018th draft by the Bulls, and we just signed him to a four-year, $50 million contract extension. It's it's all guaranteed. We found out today from Michael Scotto that it's uh, that it's front-loaded because it's always front-loaded with Weldham, it seems. They got a front-load fetish going on there, but um, even though it's no, no, no decent free agent ever would want to come here at the moment, but um, it's front-loaded to where he's going to make $14 uh, million uh, next season, which would be 20. 22 2023 and it goes all the way to the 25 26 season where he'll then be making 10.85 million dollars when he's 26 years old uh again it's all it's all guaranteed but i think it's just a bargain of a deal from from a team perspective in my eyes um you know you got jaron jackson jr the fourth pick of that 18 draft he got four years 105 million daniel gafford is making more money that will be making more money than than wendell Gafford from the Wizards got three years, $40 million. So that from an average perspective, that's that's more. And the deal that Wendell signed, it's on par with what Rashawn Holmes and Robert Williams III make. Penny, what are your thoughts of the deal on the deal? I think if if 
if he stays even just relatively healthy, I think it's a steal because we know what this guy can do healthy. He's a walking double double. He's expanded his game in one off season to where now he's, he looks pretty respectable from three point range and he can play some power forward. If you need to get beefy with the lineup, I, I, I said it, I've said it multiple times. It's not going to be the draft picks from the Vucevic trade that make this a, a decent deal in the end, in my eyes. It's going to be how Wendell Carter Jr. develops. And if he develops into an all-star or close to an all-star, that deal doesn't look nearly as bad as my, in my eyes as it looks right now. But um, I like Wendell a lot, and I hope he can show us what he wasn't able to show in Chicago. And so far, I mean, even, even towards the end of last season, I liked what I saw and clearly the front office liked what they saw because they signed him to an extension and seeing how far his games already developed in one off season, the preseason, I'm encouraged. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think um, what we saw from him in the preseason is encouraging building on what we saw at the end of last season. Um, and clearly he took to heart, you know, the, the focus areas for improvement that the front office had requested of him. I'm, I'm really excited actually for Chuma to get back to see what happens with their, you know, evolving two man game too. I think that's something to look forward to. Um, again, he's, he's getting the sweet, sweet Daniel Gafford money. So you really can't complain. Um, structurally, the contract makes sense for future flexibility. Um, the, I think obviously the, the only thing that you can't control is injuries. And I, I guess the hope is that we've, um, you know, seen our fair share of those over the last few years and that um, he's, he's healthy and good to go. And even if he ends up not being healthy, I think it's a contract that you can get off of later. So all in all, excited to see what he can do. I think it's a fair deal for him and for the team. And I guess we'll see what happens now. Yeah, on the back end of the contract, he's basically making mid-level exception money. So there's no reason why you couldn't get off the contract if, if you really wanted to. So um it's it, it's a great deal and uh you, you do ma- you do bring up a good point between with with the chuma wendell combo because those were the two guys that made us look pretty good the 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 final you know couple dozen games of the season before we sat both chuma and wendell be for worry that we'd we'd win too many games but um yeah those those guys had it going on and i mean they were the reasons why you know, during like the, the West Coast road trip there at the start, you know, and, and some of the other uh, road trips that we went on that we actually fared pretty well in. They those were fun to watch. You know, those those two played a huge part in that. So, all right, let's get to the uh, Mo Bamba because he did not get a contract extension uh, as the six, sixth pick of the 2018 draft. So in the preseason, he played all four games. He, he started a couple of them. He uh, he didn't lead the magic in preseason scoring like he did last season. Yeah, last season he had 18 points per game. I think it was in, in the preseason and let us in scoring. So this time he came close. He was at 11.5 points per game. He got seven rebounds uh, a night, which, which is, it's nice to get his rebounds up. That's we, we need to see Mo's rebounding go up for sure. 3.8 blocks per contest, which is great. That's, that's awesome at just over 20 minutes a night. That that's awesome. Um, and then 54.5% shooting from the field, 41.7% from three-point range on three attempts per game. That's awesome. Anything above 40% from deep is, is, is great. Um, he looks motivated. He's, he's showing effort that we haven't seen before. This is now officially a contract year for, for Mo. He's, he's got to go play for his NBA future at this point. Um, 
I still have a lot of on court on court concerns and worries on both ends, though. Like, you know, in the first Boston game, he couldn't post up Peyton Pritchard in the post. Uh, he then had trouble, you know, on one in one on one interior defensive situations against Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, you know, when we were in New Orleans, Valanciunas was just bullying him. And, you know, thankfully for Mo, there's very few guys in the league that that are as beefy as Valanciunas that have as big of, I guess, scoring roles that Valanciunas has. Um, but, you know, the issue with that New Orleans game, too, though, was even though Mo actually did fare overall well in that game, you know, he might have looked bad in certain moments in the post. But, you know, because he was able to spread the floor and bring Jonas out of the paint that actually fared well for, for the team. But, you know, Mo fouled out one minute into the second half of that game. So he had six fouls in just under 12 minutes and that's, that's not what you want to see, but you know, the efforts there. And I mean, that's, that's half the battle with him because he's a freaking mammoth of a man. He's, he's over seven foot one. He's got a, a you know, what a seven ten wingspan. I mean, he, he could be awesome. He, he really can be. And I hope he figures it out there was just no way he was going to get a contract extension based off of a preseason. And, you know, we'll see now mentally how he'll handle not being, you know, signed while his teammate Wendell was. Um, what are your thoughts on, on the Mo Bamba situation there, Penny? Yeah. Again, there were si positive signs during the preseason. There were positive signs during the preseason last year, but I think this year looked a little different. To me, what it comes down to is that consistency. So he he needs to shoot, you know, 35 plus percent from three on decent volume. He needs to block, you know, two or three shots a game, every game. Yep. And he's got to rebound better than than he has for his career. But, you know, it's it, it, it shit or get off the pot time. And, <laughs> and there's right. I mean, you're right. There, you're absolutely right. It's got to be disappointing to see Wendell Carter get that security and that extension. But if there's not a better motivator than that, then, you know, that might be it for a, at least a meaningful chance at a, at a meaningful NBA career. All right. So I'll go quick with Robin Lopez because he, he played three of the four games just under 15 minutes a night. He only got 1.3 points per game, about two boards, about a, a, a 1.3 blocks per game. He only shot 20% from the field. Uh, you know, he, he looked a little rusty on, on his hook shots. Uh, he shot a few threes, which he, he shouldn't have shot. Uh, I, I don't recommend him shooting threes. Uh, I mean, if you're tanking, maybe he'll shoot a lot. So we'll, we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on that. But he's your beefy big man. I mean, when you know, I'll use the New Orleans example again, where when he went up against Valanciunas, it's just like two mountains colliding against each other. And, you know, you'll see, you know, Rolo go up against Joel Embiid and, and just big beefy dudes um, when you need them. So, um, you know, we also saw a little bit of Rolo with Wendell and maybe we'll see a bit of Rolo with, with Mo as well. Uh, but it seems like he's he's actually content with being the third center at, at the moment, which we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, he's I, I like the addition. He's 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 a really unique character from from what we've seen. I was worried that it you know a lot of what we'd see from him from a social media perspective would be just all about Disney, but it, it's not quite that. And then the Magic are already milking all the stuff content with him as much as possible. So uh, any thoughts on Rolo? You want me to go on, but I think it's, it, it, he, he, he's been a fine addition at the moment. 
Yeah, I think his his role is clearly defined and he seems to be accepting of it. And uh, I don't know how much on-court production we'll get this year, but uh, he'll he'll earn his money. Um, Jonathan Isaac obviously did not play in preseason, but I'm, I'm going to bring him up because he's he's been in the news uh, since our last pod again, as far as, you know, he's been on Fox News and he's been on some uh, podcasts and shows uh of a i guess a right wing political or you know right political nature i guess uh so uh talking about kind of the whole him not being vaccinated situation and he's bringing up freedom stuff which that's not that doesn't really apply in my mind and it's pretty frustrating to see this uh he and the magic organization organization should be pretty thankful that we're not a good team right now and that both Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons are, are huge news stories at the moment because uh, he, he could easily garner some more attention if, if this drags, if this continues, but the team and I'm, you know, some of the players, uh, you know, Weltham have said that Isaac's not a distraction, but I have my doubts. The longer this goes on, we're, we're, we're going to see uh, is, you know, we'll see for these road trips and stuff now. I mean, he, he, he's been with the team, I think for all four games, but you know, is J.I. going to actually travel to every road game? You know, is he really going to be fine just being stuck at either a hotel or the arena because he can't go to restaurants? He he really can't like circulate with like like his his teammates can. So we'll see how that goes as the season progresses. And, you know, I, I was thinking about this because Alex Martins was on this, the uh, the Orlando Magic UK pod, podcast, but. Uh, you know, if the Magic want to play international games again, be it, you know, late this season or, or, or early next season, it's highly likely that J.I. is going to have to be vaccinated to be able to go to, to these games. Maybe not. It depends on the country, but um, it, it's it's going to cause problems eventually. It hasn't gone there because the, the league uh, isn't making it mandatory for for road players in some of the cities like you know, New York city or, or, or LA to, to be vaccinated. It's more of a home uh, team, home market thing right now. And since Orlando and the state of Florida doesn't really uh, care about uh, any vaccine or mandatory vaccination, then uh, it's, it's not an issue from a magic perspective, I guess. But uh, I will say that I, it came out between, you know, since, since the last pod that Ben Simmons might not be vaccinated. So that kind of surprised me because he's been to some events where I figured for you to go to certain events like, you know, Wimbledon tennis or whatnot, that you have to be vaccinated. But if oh, he's really? not vaccinated, I don't want to trade for him. So he, you know, if he is vaccinated, maybe just hiding it from the Sixers to to cause trouble to leave Philly, then whatever. But, uh, you know, it's, it's unknown. But any thoughts on 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 what I just said there, Penny? Um, yeah, I think just all valid points. Are, are, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, not just for the magic, not just for um, the nets, but you know, it, it impacts player movement, right. For the whole season and, and maybe even beyond, we don't know what the world is going to continue to evolve into or, or look like. Um, and it's uh, frustrating that we're one of the teams that have to deal with, uh, you know, extra issues off the court. Yeah, uh, Adam Sand, uh, Sandler. Wow, Adam Silver, the commission said that ninety six percent of the of the league is vac is fully vaccinated. So it's not quite a hundred, but they're they're getting there. It's, it's a lot better than uh, other parts of the world or other you know 
organizations, be it sports or, or non-sports related. So they're getting there. Uh, all right. Chumo Kiki. He obviously did not play. He's been out, you know, he, he's practicing, but he hasn't played. Uh, you know, he made Zach Lowe's uh, five most intriguing players going into the season piece on ESPN. Uh, and it's, it's a great read. There's a darling of a, of a quote about uh, sharing his bicycle with his team. So that's, that's pretty awesome. He's a unique dude between him being like an artist and then him doing music and stuff. And he seems like an awesome dude. He's Chuma is, is, is already pretty high on my, on my player favorite rankings from a team perspective. And I can't wait for him to be on the court because that, that guy does awesome stuff for us. And Hopefully we see him within the next week or two. Uh, and, and, I don't know. Chuma, uh, did you receive, did you read the Chuma piece on ESPN Penny or see any of the quotes? Yeah. Um, always good when, when we're getting a little bit of buzz and yeah. Positive press, positive press yeah, is good. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, all right. So Mo Wagner, he played four game, all four games, about 15 minutes a game off, uh, uh, off the bench, but he averaged six and a half points per contest. He got to steal a game. He shot 36.4% from the field, but 40% from three-point range on 3.8 attempts per contest. So, you know, some of that hot shooting he got going for the German national team this summer, that's kind of carried over. And he just looks way more confident and effective on both ends than his brother Franz, who he's he's next he's the next person we'll talk about. But uh, Mo has his moments uh, when it comes to just he'll do one great thing defensively and he immediately like spark something offensively on the other end like there, there's there's some se- sequential sparks that are going on there from him and i'll be curious to see how much mosley actually plays wagner but or mo but uh you know I, I i i joked i think last pod that he might be better than jason smith was in a magic jersey and he's on pace so far to do that any mo wagner thoughts are you pre- are you pleasantly surprised from what you've seen or are you just kind of reserving that right now um, I have no thoughts. Uh, no, I'm not pleasantly <laughs> surprised. I, 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 it's a, it's a either placating agents or placating the brother. Um, and you know, I'm sure he's a nice guy. <laughs> okay. So then let's get the Franz Wagner who played four all four games. He played 22.6 minutes per contest. So that he, uh, he, uh, put up 4.5 points per game. Grabbed 1.8 rebounds per contest, 1.5 assists per game. He did get he did get the 1.5 steals per game, but he shot 20 he shot 26.1 percent from the field and 28.6 percent from three on about three and a half attempts per contest from deep. It's really early, uh, but he's he's scaring me in in a lot of the wrong ways at the moment, and I. I mean it when I say you got to give these guys two, three years, whether they get off to a good start or not, because it's, it's just, they, they need time to develop. And most of these guys don't make their, their actual leaps until their first off season really, or their second off season. So, but Franz to me, isn't looking like a lottery pick on either end of the floor right now. People want to point out, you know, some defensive sequences and some passes and cuts to the, to the hole, but honestly, Penny, you and I can do that in a pickup game. Like I, like if it comes to passing to an open guy or cutting to the hole and getting the ball, like anybody can do that. So I'm waiting for, for more from this guy. And, you know, he was a game worse 
minus 24 plus minus in, in the new Orleans loss. So um, thoughts on Franz, you worried, you, you, you waiting it out. What, what are we thinking? Yeah. I, I, all the, all the things that we talked about post him getting drafted, I very worried about the skills that were, that will translate. Um, I will also say that I think his game, it will take extra time to translate if it ends up doing so just because of, you know, you, you have to adjust to the different speed and physicality for kind of those, um, you know, intangible or nearly intangible things to start showing up again. But at the end of the day, it's not his fault that the organization drafted him in the top 10 and basically has said that they see his ceiling as a, you know, valuable role player. It just sucks that that's the decision that was made at that spot in the draft. So you, if that's what you're drafting for, then you need to hope that he fulfills 100% of his potential. Um, and it certainly won't happen this year. Yeah. All right. So Gary Harris, he played all four games. Uh, he averaged, he, he averaged six and a half points per contest, 43% shooting from the field, only 20% from three point range. I'm kind of disappointed. He didn't get more field goal attempts. He's, he was only at about seven field goal attempts per, per contest. Maybe he's saving it for the regular season, or or maybe he's fine being kind of not the go-to scorer. But I really thought he he'd be kind of like Aaron Aflalo was here uh, about a decade ago, almost a decade ago, where he would he would be our leading scorer. But we'll, we'll see. Maybe maybe when the the lights turn on uh, tomorrow night, maybe maybe we'll see more shots from him. But um, you know he's he, he's making twenty million dollars per season this year. The, this is an expiring year for him and. If he plays well and if he starts shooting, you know, shooting it more and shooting it efficiently, there could easily be some suitors out there that that want him for for playoff push. So uh, thoughts on Gary Harris? You expecting a lot more from him scoring wise? What, what, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I somebody's got to score the ball. So I my thoughts for Gary Harris, I think the hope is that he helps you win nine or ten games the first half of the season. And then, you know, him, him and Terrence Ross, I guess. But the hope is that there's production there that helps you get a couple wins along the way um, and then, you know, flip for some kind of other asset. All right. Speaking of Terrence Ross, he also played all four games. Uh, just He's under 19 good anymore. So in just under 19 minutes a game, he averaged 10.2 points per game. 2.2 assists per game, which that's actually pretty good for him from an assist perspective, sadly. But uh, he got a steal per game, even though he gambles all the time. He got a steal per game, 45.7 field goal percentage, 36.4% from three. Uh, he had back injections this offseason. He shared that on his own podcast. Uh, so I'm glad he can elevate well still for, for some awesome dunks. He's had some awesome dunks this preseason. Um, but, I mean, my question to the – coaching staff is why is t ross starting i you know he i wouldn't start him over rj hampton if if you're doing kind of a youth movement thing like i think rj is a better two-way player than ross right now now i could be wrong but um you know the way t ross defends it's mostly gambling for steals and that causes problems for the rest of the defense and if he does start opening night i'm sure popovich is going to exploit the living hell out of that and we'll see but uh, any additional thoughts to Ross other than thinking he's not good anymore? 
Um, I, we, we've talked uh, about whatever potential impact there might be on a less than professional locker room. Um, I, it's just tough. He's, you know, the, the role is different now, right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Not, uh, uh, hug it, chug it, just throw it up um, and get whatever scoring you know, get whatever points you can just on volume alone. So, um, you know, maybe he'll, he'll get off on a hot streak and, and again, have some value in the, in the trade market. I wish there was a way we could have somehow switched contracts between him and Otto Porter Jr. Because I, I actually would like Otto Porter Jr. on this team. He, he would actually fill a need and he's actually going to do really good with Golden State, I think. But um, all right, let's talk about RJ Hampton. So he played all four games. You know, just over 21 minutes a night, uh, he averaged 11.2 points per game, six rebounds per contest. So that's that's good for RJ right there. Uh, 2.2 assists per game, got a steal a night, 44.1% from the field, 50% from three. He got up two attempts a night, but the three looks good coming out of his hand, both in summer league and even now in the preseason. That three looks good. It, it almost looks like Mike Miller's shot when he was with the Magic. Um he can 100% be a starting small forward. I know he's skinny, but he's got enough speed. He's got enough length to where I think he can get into spots better against power, you know, beefier guys than say Terrence Ross can. And he's got the frame to, to really put on some, some, some good muscle in the coming years. Uh, again, that three point shooting is looking really good. And Mike Miller's teaching him pretty good in, in that regard. He had that ankle roll scare in New Orleans. Thankfully, he actually he played through the rest of that game, and you know he didn't miss any time. But I don't like it when players wear those low top sneakers. Uh, I, I, as a person that's rolled his ankle a million times playing basketball or tennis, uh, I wish he would do the high tops. So hopefully, uh, hopefully that was kind of a one time scare. But thoughts on RJ Hampton? You know my stock's high on him. I got a New Zealand Breakers jersey from him for of of RJ. Uh, Shortly after the trade, the Aaron Gordon trade. So my stock is there with RJ. Uh, and I I think that if he makes a, a, a sizable jump from even six months ago, that could change how the magic trajectory is this season. Yeah, I mean, certainly of all the players that we have on the roster in terms of untapped physical potential, I think he leads the way. So uh, it's about the consistency of the outside stroke and then finding a way to continue to improve his, you know, see, he can get to the rim, but he's got to continue to improve his efficiency around the rim. Um, I think outside of Chuma Okiki, again, not as high of a ceiling there, but those are the two guys that you're kind of pinning your hopes on in terms of um, breaking through and, and being something way more than they are now. Yeah. All right. Jalen Suggs, our, uh, our fifth pick from the, uh, from the draft in three games. Cause he, he missed the, the this last uh, home game against Boston due to a non COVID stomach bug. So he, Josh Robbins from the athletic reports that he, he should be ready to go for the opener tomorrow night in, in San Antonio, but uh, Suggs in 22.6 minutes per contest averaged five points per game, 3.7 rebounds per contest, three assists per game 1.3 blocks per contest feels like all of them came in that first boston game but uh the percentages are not great it's uh 27.3 percent 
shooting from the field, 20% from three point range on 3.3 attempts per game from deep. Uh, he struggled. He, he, I mean, he's struggling to score right now. And, you know, we're going up against teams coached by Greg Popovich and Tom Thibodeau. And I doubt he's going to get much relief out of the gate because, you know, especially if Suggs is starting at point guard or handling just, you know, ball handling duties, they're going to go at him. And it's going to be interesting to see how, how he handles that. But I don't like him at point guard over even Cole Anthony, let alone Markel Fultz. But, you know, because I, again, my viewpoint is Suggs should be kind of the secondary guy as the shooting guard. You know, I, so it, it, he needs to develop a shot a lot better though. That's, that's the issue right now is if he can't develop that shot, he's, he's in trouble, but I still think Suggs just with his, his size and his frame, he, he should be the shooting guard next to either Cole or, or when he comes back, Markel, because whenever Markel comes back, he better be handed the keys to the car immediately because I know what Markel can do at point guard. And it's a lot better than what Jalen Suggs can do right now. Um, you know, Suggs struggled in that first game against Marcus Smart. You know, Smart really kind of put put his feet to the fire real quick with some some pressure situations. But uh, Suggs, to his credit, had some great uh, blocks in that Boston game. You know, but in that Spurs game, he had a chance to win the game. Uh, that you know, that third preseason game against the Spurs, he literally fumbled it away. He kind of slipped and fell. I don't know if the Solar Bears ice rink below it is the cause. I, I don't know how that worked out, but. Uh, you know, Suggs fumbled away the the chance to 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 win it, and we had a nice comeback in that fourth quarter to put us in that situation too. You know, like Cole and Wendell had some awesome awesome plays down the stretch of that game. But uh, you know, NBA.com's GM survey of all the you know general managers in the in in the uh, association, they said Suggs had the third best odds at winning Rookie of the Year at seven percent. But from what I've seen right now and how I expect the season to go, I don't think he's going to finish in the top three at this rate uh, of, of rookie of the year voting, you know, his scoring, he it's severely lacking at the moment. And, you know, we'll see when, when the games actually count, but the five points per game in the preseason, it, you know, it wasn't, wasn't what I was hoping for. And when I look at guys like Jalen green, Josh Giddy, even Scotty Barnes and just other rookies out there that have looked better than Suggs in preseason, I I don't think he's going to finish top three in rookie of the year voting. But what are your thoughts on on Suggs? Because a lot of Magic fan hope is on is on this kid. Yeah, well, I would say the projection for rookie of the year. Um, I think oftentimes the rookie of the year award coincides with um, you know highest points per game and most minutes played. So I think it's pretty easy to envision. Jalen Suggs getting um, all the minutes that he can handle this year. Um, but to your point, again, with production, the, the shooting percentages are a cause for a little bit of concern in a tremendously small sample size. Um, I, I think the hope in drafting him is that you get, you know, <laughs> obviously a cornerstone player. Um, I don't know what kind of workload he'll be able to have as a rookie. Um, all, the, all the concerns remain, right? I mean, I don't think yeah. there was anything that, that happened um, over the course of the abbreviated preseason to alleviate any of those concerns. So it's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be learning on the job and hopefully um, as people get healthy and there's a little bit more talent around him in terms of a supporting cast that they'll be able to figure out the best way 
to grow and develop him and figure out how much time he needs to be the primary ball handler and how much he needs to, you know, initiate secondary. All right. I got a couple more. So Etwan Moore, he played all four games. He averaged six and a half points per game, just under three boards uh, per contest, 45.5% shooting from the field, 50% on three point shooting. Uh, I don't think he's quick enough to be a point guard right now for us. Uh, you know, he's, he's kind of undersized even for a shooting guard, but I'd, I'd rather play him there than in point guard. I, I question uh, his physical conditioning after at least that first Boston road game. Now he's looked a lot better in these last three games, those last three preseason games, you know, the floaters dropping threes were dropping, you know, he's hitting, he's, he's hitting open jumpers, which is what you want from, from a veteran like him. And I still would say he should not be getting more than 10 minutes per night. Uh, you know, right now he's, he's out for the opener with a sprained knee, but uh, thoughts on Etwan? Um, I'm sure that, you know, custom home builders in the area are happy that he's <laughs> returned. Um, That's an inside joke. Okay. Yeah. And beyond that, um, you know, I, 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 yep. He's another yep. person with NBA experience on the roster. All right. Last player, and then we'll get to the coach. But Cole Anthony played all four games, 25.1 minutes per game, uh, 11.8 points per contest, 5.8 rebounds per game. So he's still gobbling up rebounds really good for his size in that position. 4.0 assists per night, 39% field goal percentage, but 42.1% from three-point range, which is important. Uh, you know, he, he led the team in three-pointers made and attempted, shot perfect from the free-throw line. Again, rebounding, awesome at his position. Still needs to improve uh, finishing at the rim between like three to ten feet. Like he can dunk it. We know he can dunk it well at the rim. We know he's hitting threes really well right now. But he needs to learn. I don't know if he needs to learn each one more floater. But uh, either way, he still hushed a lot of doubters or a lot of doubt that came out from came from summer league. Uh, he's looking pretty good from this preseason. I'd start him at point guard over Suggs. I, Cole should start at point guard till Markel's back. Uh, I, it looks like the game slowed down for him. He can pick his moments instead of going like a million miles per hour every play like he did uh, most of his rookie season. And I, I I like what Cole can can bring. Like I said, he's he's not he, he's likely never going to be a starting point guard for you know a title contending team, but. As a guy who can be the backup point guard and like a seventh or eighth guy off the bench with a clutch gene, that's really good. And I like what I see from Cole. Cole's kind of already one of the leaders on this team starting his second season. And I I like what I see from Cole. Penny? Yeah, I agree. Um, nice to see um, more under control and better production than his first crack at the summer league earlier, um, you know, or during the summer. Um, yeah, I, I agree too. I, I think, you know, my, my take is we're still trying to figure out what he can become. Um, if he can become that great third guard and a three guard rotation, um, you know, if he tops out at a Trey Burke or if there's more there, um, can't question what he brings to the team in terms of, um, elevating the chemistry and having the right type of mentality. And I'll be interested to see again, um, you know, how he'll best be able to display his talents with what's quickly becoming a crowded backcourt there. I think he could definitely be better than Trey Burke and we'll, we'll see how that goes, but all right, let's get to coach Mosley. So 
With Jamal Mosley, he was talking about pace space in the past, and it's, it's looked okay in spurts from, from what I've seen. It's preseason. Preseason gets pretty ugly. I'd say the best we'd looked was in Boston because, I mean, we, we should have won that game, and we, we played. We, it looked pretty good after that first game. A few of the quarters at home, you know, we, we, we looked all right. But, again, we'll see what the real thing. Uh, you know, it's interesting that for that game up in Boston, he, you know, Mosley, instead of – Probably what would have been a free, a pretty easy victory at the end with that Cole Anthony lineup. He instead vouched to to throw in the G League guys in crunch time late, and they almost won against the Celtics. But Boston pulled it out there at the end. And with a team this young, I I I really disagree with that approach. You, You don't want to cough up easy wins when you have a team this young and inexperienced. Even if it's exhibitions, even if they don't count, they mentally count in my mind. Um, and my, I will have concern for what uh, Jamal Mosley will or won't draw up from a from a late game play perspective. Uh, we didn't get to see too much of that this preseason. Uh, you know, for the Spurs home game, Mosley was mic'd up. Those mic'd up clips do him no favors. They don't do any coach any favors. But for him specifically, it's it's like it makes it look like he's a cheerleader when you don't show any you know in huddle footage, any type of strategic coaching in any manner and he could have used some of that and that 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 obviously nba coaches don't want to do that because they're afraid other nba coaches will will know information and whatnot but they they know that after every scouting video session anyway so it's it's stupid i wish they would just do it like they do it in fiba or EuroLeague, where they show everything in the in-huddle timeouts whether their coaches are coaching and or or, or, sorry whether the coaches are cursing and getting angry at their players in a huddle or not like that that adds intrigue that 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 catches people's attention but um also i penny did you see his clapping form when he was clapping during the mic'd up videos because i was not a fan it concerns me his clapping form yeah, I, you can tell a lot about a person by the way they shake a hand and the way they clap a hand. I, I'm just glad he doesn't have a little bell on the sideline to ring. <laughs> oh, man, that's we're, we're going to ride that for a while if, if this goes as bad as it potentially could go. But uh, I, I am worried that this could be a Jacques Vaughn, Prince of Positivity 2.0 kind of situation. It's it's concerning. Uh, any added thoughts to Mosley before we get to a, a little bit of news and then juice it or lose it? Yeah, there's there's no way for the sad thing, right, is there's no other way for him to be other than to be ultra positive because you're trying to build and grow. Yeah. The, the flip side of that is that it gets incredibly grating once you're 10 and 47. So we'll see how it goes. All right, so uh, let's get to some of the, some news here. So 18 former NBA players, including former Magic players Glenn Big Baby Davis and C.J. Watson, got arrested and charged for defrauding the NBA's health and wellness benefit plan out of around $4 million. So I maybe if, if you divide that by 18, that's about $220,000 each. Now I'm sure some guys got more. And the way more and more details are slowly coming out about it, there's really like only a couple guys that kind of ran it. And then these other guys kind of went along with it, but um, it's, it's just, it's never good to see for you know, to, to see stuff like this. And 
you know, there's some people that are saying that, well, NBA owners, they steal so much money from, from the public anyway, that this is nothing. And I'm, I'm with, I'm with them, believe it, I'm with you, but still uh, fraud isn't a good thing on, on any level, but uh, any thoughts on, on this? I'm not, I'm a little surprised to see CJ Watson here. Um, big baby, not so much, but CJ Watson, I'm a little surprised. Yeah. And he's presently employed, you know, like actually has a LinkedIn profile for, for you know, doing work right now. Yeah. It's, um, I guess it's sad that, you know, it's not like a lot of these players didn't have multi-year NBA careers with, you know. Yeah, a lot of them made tens of millions of dollars. That's that's the yeah, sad thing. So, so that's, if that's one of the sad things. And then, you know, the organized crime is the other sad thing. Okay, so 75 years of the NBA is being celebrated this season. Uh, it's been around 33 years for the Magic, but... Uh, you know, I don't know if you saw that ad from the NBA, but it seems all we got out of that from a magic perspective was little penny playing chess and losing to Jerry West of all people. You know, there's no Dwight, there's no McGrady, there's no Orlando Shaq or even the real penny Hardaway. Um, did you see the ad and did you think the NBA wanted to piss off people like me that would actually notice that? Uh, well, I, overall great ad very great um, ad i overall i'm I, yeah absolutely i think there's a lot of symbolism in jerry west beating little penny and chess too <laughs> um, yeah I, somebody definitely knew what they were doing when they did that that was not random yeah there, there was a laker I mean, fan that snuck that in you you at the very least you think there'd be like the tracy mcgrady all-star game dunk or something snuck in there but uh yeah we're, we we haven't won a championship so you know yeah i i guess um all right so jeff weltman or john hammond haven't uh, received the contract extension yet or at least it hasn't been announced maybe we'll we'll hear about it very soon but uh, they're currently in the fifth and final year of their of their deal currently. Um, some other operational stuff. So Matt Lloyd, he's hanging in there. Matt Lloyd's hanging in there, man. He yep. got promoted to vice president of Magic Basketball Operations. Anthony Parker, former Magic player, former longtime NBA player and EuroLeague star. Anthony Parker got promoted from Lakeland to now assistant GM of the uh, of the Orlando Magic. Uh, His and then- sister got promoted to champion. Yeah, she Candace Parker. That, that I didn't. I, I I'll be honest. I I don't. I haven't been watching. I didn't watch much of the WNBA finals, but just the the clips and stuff going around with Candace Parker. How much winning uh, that that title for for Chicago was was awesome. That that was really cool. But people don't don't realize that Anthony Parker and Candace Parker are siblings. So there you go. But uh, so Park Anthony got. Again, promoted from Lakeland. So he's a Lakeland champ. And maybe now that he joins the Magic, maybe we'll get some of that luck. Who knows? But uh, and then Adetunji uh, Adedipe basically got promoted from within as GM of the Lakeland Magic. So he's taking up Anthony Parker's position and he'll also be a scout for the Magic. So uh, Adedipe, he, you know, he, he was also already with Lakeland. He's an NBA champion as well, uh, a Lakeland G League champion as well. So um, and then the Magic during and after preseason waved. Uh, you know, a couple, you know, quite a few guys that are either going to be with Lakeland or elsewhere. Um, you know, John Teske, then there was Tillman, Hassani Gravette, uh, Admiral Schofield. Surprisingly, because I thought Schofield was going to get the second two-way, but that that did not happen, I guess. And Jeff Down Jr., 
I guess if you hit a game winner, you get waived by, by the front office. I guess that, that's how that works. But uh, And then we had signed and waived Devin Kennedy, which I was, again, surprised that Devin Kennedy did not get the second two-way when that happened. So I guess maybe he's not he's not where he needs to be physically, and I'm worried he's going to go down the path of Isaiah Briscoe. Uh, but uh, maybe you know, I'm assuming Kennedy's going to end up with Lakeland, so we'll see. Again, he's, he's a Lakeland champ. Uh, and then – yeah, and then we signed and waived B.J. Johnson as well, and there's thought that people th- were thinking that B.J. Johnson would get the second two-way. So uh, any thoughts on on any of the Lakeland guys, uh, or should I just uh, move on? But, we're again, we're at 16 players for the roster. We have that one two-way spot open, so the door's open for bringing in a, a young player, I guess, should we accumulate injuries like we did last season. Yeah, I would just say that I think that it adds, um, you know, there's incentive for all of the Lakeland guys and there's incentive for talented players to, you know, be in the Lakeland pipeline when that other two-way spot is still dangling. So we'll see who seizes the opportunity um, or if they're waiting for, you know, full health. Okay. Uh, Out of these three things I'm about to tell you, let me know which of the three is most surprising. James Ennis is still unsigned. The Hornets waved Wesselwundu. The Spurs waved Al Farouk Aminu. Which of the three is most surprising? Uh, to me, I think the James Ennis thing, right? Just based yeah. on the shooting percentages last year. Man shot 43% from three with like not great spacing. And the man and he fills a defensive need. And I'm still trying to figure out why the Lakers didn't sign him because they need him. They don't have like Trevor Ariza or uh or a Taylor Horton Tucker, like they, they need, they have, they need, they have a need for him and they have a spot for him and somebody, and there's a couple other teams out there with, with, with spots that, so that hopefully maybe Ennis will, will, will finally get signed, but I'm stunned. I, I can't believe he's not on a team, but all right, Penny, you ready for juice it or lose it? Let's do it. So these are kind of basically going to be predictions for, uh, for, for this season and beyond. This is kind of a beyond one, I guess, but uh, juice it or lose it. Jamal Mosley will not reach 216 Magic games as head coach. The 216 is uh, what Jacques Vaughn's total was uh, when he was fired within two and a half years or 52 games into his third season. So juice it or lose it. Mosley will not reach 216 Magic games as head coach. Um, I'm going to juice it for the following reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's only one way that he keeps his job for three years or more, and that's incremental progress each season, right? Moving in a positive direction. Um, I think there's multiple ways that he loses his job before then, which is um, surprise success followed by a backtrack, um, stagnation, or total change in circumstance with the roster, which is always a possibility when the next superstar is one tantrum away from wanting out. So uh, I'm going to play the odds and assume that we will have a new head coach three seasons from today. Um, hmm. Yeah, I got to juice it too. Like I, I it's, I, I really, really, I mean, both of us really, really want this to work out because if it works out, then that means the magic are going to be good. Um, but I, I just, I don't see it. It, it, it really feels like a Jacques Vaughn like hire from a decade ago. And I hope, uh, I really, really hope that Mosley proves it wrong and 
that he figures it out. But I, I have my concerns, so I'm juicing it as well. All right, juice it or lose it. The Magic will make a trade before December 31st. Ooh, that's a good one. I, I'm going to say lose it strictly because there's, you know, they're not saying it outwardly, but the goal of the season is to uh, have a good lottery pick. So even if there's a situational need with, you know, injuries on the roster or something like that, I I don't think we're going to rush to make a trade. And I think the trade value of our expirings will only increase the later in the season that we get. I'm going to, I'm going to juice it. I think we, I think Terrence Ross is going to be shipped off by before Christmas, I think, because I think, I think it's like December 15th. I think that that date where, you know, free agents that signed uh, can get traded. So I think that opens up the pool a little bit more. So um, I'm going to say T Ross gets traded uh, like, uh, like right before Christmas, I think. Um, don't tell me what for what package, because you know you already know that I'll throw Mo Bamba in there and and and, and a little whatever. gift for all of us. Yeah, but um, all right, uh, juice it or lose it. Jonathan Isaac will get vaccinated by the All Star break. Lose it. Ooh, he might cave, man. He he might. Um, I'm gonna go lose it though. I oh man, you think strictly for freedom of movement on on the road purposes yeah i think i think if well i'm agreeing with you i don't think he'll get it but i think i think there's either either the league or something you know from either state governments or or, or something's gonna happen government wise where it might tighten up like it might be needed for him to go back up to to canada for a raptors game i don't know you know there's some something might something legally might cause Isaac to either just not go or have to actually get vaccinated. But I, I'm, I'm leaning towards lose it right now. I hope he gets it uh, for the better of the team and himself and his family and friends. It's better that he gets it, but uh, I'm with you. I'm going lose it. Uh, Juicer lose it. The magic will have over three and a half all-star weekend player representatives. So be it, you know, the dunk contest, uh, rookie, sophomore, or U.S. versus world, or however they want to do that game. Um, what do you think? Three and a half, over three and a half All-Star Weekend representatives. That's interesting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose it, and I'm trying to think of, you know, I guess you're penciling in the two rookies, right, for – So I'm going to throw – so I'm going to remind you now from a rookie perspective, we got – Suggs and Franz, but from a sophomore right. perspective, we have Cole Anthony, RJ Hampton, and Chumo Kiki count. So I just gave you right. five guys. So I'm st- I'm gonna go under. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna lose it, but that'd be cool. But I don't think so. I am gonna go over. I Are think all, we see all four in the world. You know, rookie sophomore I... version. It's taking. So man. I think we're going to see Suggs, Cole, Hampton, and Chuma in that rookie sophomore type game. I don't think Franz makes it in, but I think those four will be in it. And one of those four will be in the dunk contest as well. Interesting. I hope it's, I, I, I'm thinking it should be RJ Hampton, but I mean, Suggs can get up, but Cole Anthony for his size, I know he's listed 6'3, but I mean, he's closer to 6'1. So little guys do pretty well in the draft, in the dunk contest that 
you know, from, from, from a visual perspective, it's just more impressive when a guy six, one or something is leaping as high up as, as they are. But um, let's see, we're going to find out. All right. Juice it or lose it. Gary Harris leads the magic in points per game this season. I'm doubling down and oh. juicing it. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't have I don't have a rationale for that, except I don't want to be wrong from our previous conversations. I'm juicing it. It's obvious. It, it's it's something I was thinking of. Now the preseason indicates that it, that's not looking good right now. But I I really think he's gonna kind of pull out an error and a flallow, and he'll be the one averaging like 17, 18 points per game. I, I think that's what's gonna happen. And probably because of that, he'll probably be the one that gets traded before Christmas, but we'll see. Um, all right, juice it or lose it. The Magic make the play-in. Um, losing it double time. Okay, so this is like a series now of stuff we got here. So uh, juice it or lose it. The Magic surpass their projected wins over under. I'm putting it at 22 and a half, even though a lot of spots in Vegas have recently dropped it down to 21 and a half, but juice it or lose it. The magic surpass their projected wins over under total of 22 and a half. Penny. Here's yeah. I'm here's my thought process for this. I think in a normal NBA season that they have the roster assembled to win about 18 games. However, in today's NBA, and with whatever lingering COVID and rest and everything else, I think that accounts for another four wins. So I'm putting the Magic, nestling them in at 22. So you're under. Which would, which would put them under, therefore, lose it. I will lose it. Okay, uh, I am juicing it. I will reveal my record prediction here shortly at the end. But I, okay. they, they, they'll sneak over 22 and a half, I think. Um, now... Juice it or lose it. The Magic end up with the worst record in the East. So not counting Houston and OKC in the West because they'll put up the, the strongest tank fight out West. But basically the assumption is going to be is that the closest tank candidates to the match or closest worst record in the league candidates to the Magic in the East would be, I guess, Detroit and then maybe Cleveland. Um, so what do you think? Juice it or lose it. Magic end up with the worst record in the East. That's a distinct possibility. I'm going to go ahead and juice that, but I don't think they'll be the worst team in the league, I hope. So I'm going to juice the East part of it. Uh, so I'm, I'm juicing. I think I think the East is overall better than the West, finally. And I don't know how it's going to work out head-to-head, you know, when they do West teams versus East teams records versus each other. Yeah. But um, I think the East is very, very good, like – there's a lot of parity. Like I think Cleveland can easily be a 32 plus win team easily. They've got a lot of depth Detroit. A lot of their rookies and young folks went through trial by fire last season and Dwayne Casey. I I respect what he can potentially do there. Um, And, you know, they also got Kate Cunningham and I mean, Killian Hayes was out for so long. And if he figures it out, like that, that team could be good quicker than we think. Um, I mean, they got guys like Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Stewart, like they're, they're pretty good. So, um, but I think uh, Houston and OKC out tank us. So I think we'll end up with the third worst record in the league. That's where I'm at. Uh, Juice or lose it. Both 
Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner each play at least one Lakeland uh, Magic G League game this season? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and lose that. I think the only situation where that may occur injury would be if they were to have an injury and work their way back. So we're going to hope that there's no lingering sustained injuries. Um, and in terms of their development, they're getting it um, at the big league club. Um, I'm going to lose it, but I think Franz ends up going down to Lakeland just to get like reps and confidence up. Uh, I, I just don't see a situation where uh, our front office will bite the pride bullet and make Suggs go down, even if he's hitting like a rookie wall. Um, I think Suggs built pr- to be pretty strong. Like I'm not worried about him injury wise right now. Hopefully, uh, you know, knock on wood, he, everybody can stay healthy, but it's, we're not off to a good start from a roster perspective, but um, I'm going to, I'm going to lose it. I think we'll only see Franz. So juice it or lose it. The magic will end up with at least one double digit losing streak this season. So at some point this yeah. season, the magic will lose 10 or more games in a row. That's interesting. How many, how many different 10 game losing streaks have there been in franchise history? Ooh. I'm going to lose it. Um, I think that we're going to live in the five to six game losing streak area and we'll probably see a bunch of those, but Again, virtue of resting and minute restriction and everything else, I, I, I don't. I'm gonna. I hope <laughs> we're not gonna lose ten in a row um, this year. Okay, uh, I'm actually juicing it. I think oh. there. I have. A, I have in my uh, record predictions where I go game by game through the schedule. I do have a stretch where the Magic lose uh, ten games, so I'm juicing it. Um, uh, juice it or lose it. The Magic end up with the worst record in franchise history. So obviously, I'm I'm at a lose it based off of my previous answer. So if if you think they nestle at 22, then you're also I guess a lose it because the worst records in Magic history are 18 and 64 from that inaugural 89 90 team, 20 and 62 from the 2012 2013 team. We got a couple 21 and 61 seasons. Uh, we have a 23 and 59 season in 2013, 2014. And then I'm not even really throwing in the 72 gamer from last season, which was 21 and 51. Cause it was 72 games. But um, you, I'm assuming you, you think this magic team is going to win more than 18. Yeah, or 18 I'm going to lose that. And I, I think, <laughs> I think we get to the low twenties. Yep. All right. So my record prediction, it's uh, I'm at 25 and 57. So you're saying the Magic going to win 22 games? That's that's your that's guess. My, okay. I, we always talk about this every prediction show that before the 2003-2004 season, I predicted 50, and you always predict high. <laughs> yeah. So for us to be in the 20s is, uh, ouch. Maybe this is the team that's supposed to go 10 and 72. Who knows? Because um, I know David Steele. You know he's got to do a good sell job, but. He's trying to compare this team to the 99-2000 Hard and Hustle team, and that's that's not going to happen. So, um, which that team went 41 and 41, and this this team right here is not going to get close to that. But uh, I'm at 25 and 57. I have us going two and five in these seven October games to open up the campaign. You, you know, go. I I have us losing the first four games too. So you know, we're at uh, San Antonio, and then we have the you know, the back-to-back with, uh, with, with the New York Knicks. So we'll, 
then uh, be at Miami on the 25th, which is the second night of a back-to-back, which that's that's going to kind of suck. I, I don't have our first win coming until we, we host Charlotte on the 22nd. And then I have us losing at Toronto the 29th, and I do have us winning at Detroit uh, on the second night of a back-to-back on the 30th. So, you know, if the Magic do better than than two and five these first seven games, then we're we're in business. You know, we'll, we're 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 looking better than we think. Um, yeah. I I just I, I'm looking at it. The Magic are going to get some impressive wins. There's going to be like a good win over like the Lakers or the Sixers. That's going to happen. Um, there's going to be situations where teams come in here tired or just completely underestimating us and we're going to make them pay, especially if we got Fultz playing well and Isaac's playing well and not being a distraction. Like we might be, we, we honestly might creep up to the high twenties, but okay. all right. Yeah. I can say high twenties. Come on now. That's, yeah. that's not great, yeah. but yeah. Um, there's just a lot that this coaching staff's going to have to implement and overcome. And We'll see. Uh, and also from a, from, uh, I, I don't like our starting lineup options at the moment with no Chuma, no Fultz, no, uh, no Isaac at the moment. It's, it's not ideal. So um, last, ju- last question, this isn't a juice of the loser, but just last, last question. Who do you think the Magic's MVP is going to be this season? Uh, which player? Um, I, I'm going to take into account absence due to injury. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and say Wendell Carter based on improvement and overall stat line that he'll hopefully uh, fill some of that Vucevic gap this year. That's a good pick. You know what? I'm, I'm going to ride Chumo Kiki, man. That I, I like that kid. I look, I'd be fine with Fultz, Chuma, Wendell, or RJ Hampton. I think Fultz, they just won't play him, let him play enough. So he's kind of out of it, but Chuma, I, I think he he can easily make a jump on what we saw the last few months of last season. I, I and if he does that, then we're we're gonna have some fun. Yep. So we'll we'll see how that goes. But um, I'm gonna go Chuma. But uh, any final thoughts going into into this season coming up? I mean, look, we I'm an optimistic person. It doesn't sound like it with with this with these podcasts of late, but. Um, my hope is that we can at least have fun watching this team kind of like we had surprisingly a decent amount of fun watching them after the, the trades happened late last season. Um, we might, we're not going to win a lot of games, but hopefully there's at least a path to seeing, you know, a lot of this talent develop into what can hopefully be a perennial playoff contender. Yeah. We're looking for something to cling to, um, I, I'm looking forward to, I'm going to go ahead and make the assumption that you and I will both be back in the arena in person for one or more games this year. So I'll be looking forward to that. We're definitely going to have to do that, especially if we suck and tickets are cheap. We'll, we'll definitely have to do that. But um, we appreciate you listening to another episode. Please subscribe and give us a wonderful rating. Tweet us any of your questions and feedback. Penny, what's your Twitter handle? At Spencer Strode. And I'm at Papa Giorgio MBO. And with that, go Magic. Take care and just win. Hopefully, because our front office is tanking. Get out the way, get out the way. Get-